0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another Nacho Tuesday. And today I have Daniel Boles from Club Health. And without further ado, we'd love if you introduce your company with a quick elevator pitch and told us more about your company.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, Club Health is essentially an automated way uh, to manage employee wellness stipends for small and mid-sized businesses. Uh, some unique things we do is we have like a wellness marketplace and everything works on a monthly stipend cycle. So say you want to give your employees like a $50 per month wellness stipend that can really be enhanced on our marketplace through our list of exclusive vendors ranging from mental health to financial wellness. And then on top of that, we we manage everyone's kind of subscriptions, help guide them through the process and really provide um, a much better uh, journey of holistic health and wellness. Um, and that's really our core focus and approach is to make sure that we're focusing on holistic wellness and not just one aspect like fitness.
0: Yeah. That's the first one that comes to a lot of people's mind. <laughs> yeah. um, In a marketplace ourselves, I totally get what you guys are doing.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, we love Nacho. Nacho is very similar. <laughs> yep.
0: um, yeah. I got to add more wellness perks though. But uh, so what got you down this path? Um, I mean, I think wellness, corporate wellness is a very important initiative. And I think it's very often overlooked by a lot of companies. Uh, So what got you to kind of where you're at today and uh, to to, uh, get behind starting this company? Where did you see the problem and how did you go about solving it?
1: Yeah, so uh, to be honest, by mistake, (laughs) trial and error is what we like to say. (laughs) I've always been a big advocate for health and wellness. I think it's what makes life meaningful and uh, what keeps us all going. And we initially started with the mission to end world hunger, And we started by uh, like healthy nutrition in the workplace. And that kind of evolved into a marketplace of health and wellness products. And part of that is also condensing kind of this uh, new industry that's very tech based now, mm-hmm. uh, tech has kind of entered the health and wellness space in a really cool mm-hmm. way now that we're all carrying mobile devices and can access resources in our pocket, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but now there's so many point solutions; It's really helpful to help guide people through those point solutions in our marketplace approach.
0: I like that. So yeah, I, I'm a big advocate of work life balance too. And, you know, for a lot of people, it's, um, it's not just about nine to five, showing up 40 hours a week startups. It's uh, typically a lot more than that, of course. So you know, how do you help, you know, employees r- retain that, get that work-life balance that I think is so critical for them in order to keep people properly motivated and to recruit recruit the best talent for a team? Because let's be honest today, people, you know, people want to work for a company that they really believe in, that allows them to, you know, not only work hard and participate in the growth of the company, but to also enjoy their, their time there while working.
1: Yeah, I think one of the silver linings of COVID, is kind of this awakening of work-life balance and realizing the importance of holistic health and wellness in the short lives we live here on mm-hmm. Earth. And so uh, just really seeing, and we're seeing this in the industry as well, um, some of the top talent is is really advocating for their health and wellness, sometimes mm-hmm. even over their career growth um, as a foundation. Uh, our intern put it best Uh, by saying that like wellness is the foundation of the modern workplace. And Mm -hmm. so without that, it's hard to build a meaningful career for people. And so it's really become an important piece of not only benefits, but also the core culture in companies. And we're helping to kind of lead that movement forward in terms of what is holistic health and wellness and by providing a lot of diverse and inclusive options around that.
0: That's great to hear. Yeah. I mean, speaking of which, you know, uh, Labor Day weekend was this last weekend and, you know, I'm sure a lot of companies had employees kind of dipping out early on Friday, Uh, but those same employees are, you know, probably happy to kind of catch up on work on Monday, even though it was Labor Day, (laughs) Um, you know, to, to give them the chance on Friday, say, to like go uh, cut out on a trip early um, so that they can uh, skip all the traffic and everything else.
1: Yeah, for sure. And we're seeing like, just in general flexibility, Um, In our platform, flexibility implies kind of flexibility of choice in terms of what aspects of health and wellness you want to improve, uh, but also flexibility and time time and place where people work. We're seeing as very trending on the modern workforce (laughs) and um, very excited about kind of what that means for the future of the workplace in, in a very positive way. And also just in terms of health and wellness, being able to weave in uh, mental health fitness nutrition in our daily lives in a much more effective way by having that more flexible workplace is really exciting.
0: Yeah, so yeah, what do you see as some of the more common wellness trends that are happening in the in, in companies today? Like what are they really focusing on? What seems to resonate most with employees to attract them to the company?
1: Yeah, we're seeing kind of a movement away Um, still keeping it but a movement away of just offering kind of a traditional gym reimbursement which is in a way where a lot of this money comes from that companies Mm -hmm. are dedicating to health and wellness there's this um, kind of old standard of allowing employees to reimburse gym (laughs) memberships for their health and wellness and we're seeing a trend towards a more holistic view of that same kind of pot of money so how can we use that uh, for people who don't respond well to the gym? Uh, Mm -hmm. How can we also use that same money to provide mental health resources, advocate for financial wellness, Mm -hmm. um, even focus more on family care, family life, daily health? Uh, These things are trending. and I, I I caution the word trending. I, I would say it's trending in the industry yep. of wellness. It's something that people have always wanted. Yeah, but it's really cool to see companies responding to that need, and and also the needs of just a more diverse workplace is really mm-hmm. exciting to see.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll say it's trending in the right direction. <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um yeah mental health is another big one too right so uh what kind of trends do you see there because i think mental health has been you know largely ignored for the longest time and i think it's coming into more of the spotlight now um and that's you know it's it's not just how you feel but it's also the way you think and where your mind's at that really helps uh you know people achieve that work life balance um what are your thoughts on the the growth in mental health trends and what people can do to offer those kind of services to their employees as well
1: yeah, I'm really excited for the future of mental health benefits. I think that it's definitely a trend in terms of just employers providing resources as well as conversations around mental health, which I think one of the best thing that creates is a culture of people understanding each other in more meaningful ways mm-hmm. and understanding that we all live different lives and life happens. And sometimes we're going to be more stressed out. Sometimes we're going to be frustrated. Sometimes we're going to be very calm. Sometimes we're going to be excited and that's okay. And as long as we work together and work through that, uh, both on an individual basis, but also on a group and relational basis, uh, that really helps support kind of the company. I know the original uh, subject of this conversation is employee productivity. I think without that culture of kind of respecting our mental health uh, it's really hard to be productive in today's society so it's really exciting to see companies embrace that i I think we still have a long way to go as far as we've come we still uh, have a lot of hesitancy um, towards mental health there's still a lot of taboo there especially um, you know not only in america but also on a global scale So it's really exciting for us to help show people that it is a fundamental aspect of our health, uh, and uh, it's totally okay to spend resources on your own mental health, uh, because that really helps not only yourself, but the whole organization.
0: That's a great point. It's been seen as such a taboo for so long, you know, no matter if it's uh, uh, depression or if it's uh, ADHD, for instance, you know, just kind of accepting it and getting the help that you need is, you know, really critical for Ah, uh, for people to get their their life on track. and you know if your life's on track and you kind of feel like, yeah, that balance there, it's easier to it's easier to be more productive at work and you know enjoy actually working <laughs> as opposed to like feeling stressed out all the time or what 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 have you.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. and i I also think an underrated value of mental health is also unlocking your superpowers. Yep. Um, a lot of times, uh, our differences are actually what what makes our strengths. And so I think it's exciting for people to really embrace
0: that. I definitely agree. So myself, I'm ADHD and, uh, you know, I feel like there's a lot of positive benefits for it. Um, We also have another team member that's ADHD as well. So we kind of joke about it with each other, (laughs) Um, but there's a, you know, there's, if you're able to leverage it in the right way, it's an extremely powerful uh, gift. Um, But in in other cases, you know, if you don't, if you don't manage it, then it could be a, it could be a problem, you know, like missing out on details, that sort of thing. So, and I've made a big, you know, move a big, uh, motion in my life to to manage it properly, and also, uh, just you know, ensure I'm harnessing the benefits of it too, right? So
1: yeah,
0: I totally agree with you. There's a there's a silver lining to everything. So
1: yeah, some of the best founders and leaders in the world have ADHD.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um. So, if a company wanted to roll out a corporate wellness program, what would you recommend? Uh, how would they go about doing that?
1: Yeah. So one of the th- One of the things I guess I would personally recommend is just to make sure um, that whatever you are rolling out, uh, whether that's some sort of wellness stipend or a wellness program or even just a conversation, uh, just making sure you're aware of your own biases are really important. Um, oftentimes it can be very difficult as a leader to separate your own definitions of health and wellness from kind of that of your employees or those that you represent. Mm-hmm. And so we think it's really important and that's kind of the foundation of club health is, is to make sure that, that it's more of a bottom up approach where the employees are actively engaging and choosing what's meaningful to them in regards to their health and wellness. And we're not just prescribing kind of one version of health and wellness upon our employees and and so i think the culture a really nice culture to create is uh, kind of showcasing from a leadership perspective that you're willing to invest resources into your employees health and wellness but you're not necessarily um defining what that is for them
0: that's a great point yeah it's because at the end of the day it's all about them it's all about creating a great company culture yeah. and it really starts with your team and you know what what best serves their needs um, so I, I like that approach because it's uh, too common that a lot of companies just do a cookie cutter approach. Like you said, the gym memberships, they're like, well, that's health and fitness, right? Right. What is A gym membership to LA Fitness or something? Yeah, <laughs> or- I think <laughs> that's a great
1: starting point. Um, I would just encourage leaders to uh, keep thinking beyond that in in holistic health and wellness.
0: Great, so um, I guess, can you give us some examples of companies that are doing it really well that you see that have great corporate wellness programs uh, that other companies can maybe look at and emulate? Because a lot of times it takes um, a good example to kind of help set the tone for your company as well.
1: Yeah, I think I'm I'm not gonna name names just out of (laughs) (laughs) uh, respect for all the companies because I don't know exactly what goes on internally in organizations. But kind of going back to what I was saying, I think some of the best implementations of health and wellness programs, uh, there's there's a whole culture around it. So it's not just, hey, here's uh, and some, some of the biggest tech companies are kind of prone to this where uh, they give out maybe a lavish stipend for health and wellness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, think, I think that's great and that's a great starting point and that's kind of where club health comes in and, and can help guide where that's spent for employees. At the same time, I think I think some of the best implementations are not necessarily um, like how much resources you're putting into it, mm-hmm. um, but also how much culture you're putting behind it in your company itself. Um, so if you do have a wellness stipend or a wellness program, that's mm-hmm. a great starting point. Um, I would encourage leaders to think about um, giving people the time and space and encouragement to follow through with those programs. So for example, uh, kind of the downfall of many gym memberships that we see time and again <laughs> is you sign up for a gym membership, then you get so busy at work, you never end up going to the gym Yeah, that's a classic case. So, uh, some organizations that I've seen even on very small budgets do really well and, and, and inspiring employee health and wellness mm-hmm. is they, as a leader will say, Hey, I'm taking 30 minutes to go on a walk outside, and I would encourage everyone to do the same before the next meeting or if the meeting ends um, faster than, you know, the time allotted. And that really creates this culture of employees thinking, okay, great, because the leadership is showing that it's okay to step outside and and take time to focus on health and wellness, then I can actually do that in my daily life. Um, including in my daily life at work, and and that's okay and accepted and, and also encouraged. And so I guess to summarize that, we see some of the best companies not only provide resources behind health and wellness, but also that culture of encouraging the, the time um, and place where, where it can actually happen.
0: And so, you would maybe recommend maybe group events too, like maybe you meet at the the gym together, or maybe you you do a weekend hike or something together. Or is that does that create too much, too much pressure for some of the employees to to get involved? Um, what what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I I love conversation. I think is a good starting point. Uh, I love group events. I think people love it. Uh, my one caution uh, to employers who do group events is is going back to not having that bias. So uh, a common thing here in Seattle where we both are today, (laughs) uh, everyone likes uh, a lot of leaders like to ski and that's really exciting for some leaders and they want to like bring the whole team skiing. Uh, We've actually seen those. Some employees are really shy about skiing or don't know skiing. I'm from Alabama. I have no idea how to ski. So that can be really maybe an uncomfortable situation for people who might opt to back out of that. So just making sure that, um, there's at least a diversity of activities or some thought put behind whether or not everyone wants to do a certain activity or if you're kind of, uh, again, inserting your own biases into other people's health and wellness.
0: That's a great point because I'm a big skier, so (laughs) that'd be the first thing that would come to my mind. (laughs) Or mountaineering, you know, it's like, hey, do you want to go climb Mount Rainier and step over some, you know, a couple hundred foot crevasses? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, what what are some other safe activities that you would recommend for companies that that you know could potentially overcome a lot of those biases and appeal to the, the to the most team members possible on your team? I mean, a walk is a great example. Uh, yeah, I,
1: I think if if I were to say like my my answer is maybe a little political, and I'm backing out of the question, <laughs> um, but I I think what I would say is honestly, give people time and space. Yeah. So maybe say, take an hour out of today's work day and your work yeah. is not to work. It's yeah. actually to focus on your health and wellness. And so at Club Health, we actually have kind of a series of different categories of health and wellness. Yeah. So giving people the time is important, but also the opportunity to be flexible and choose maybe one person wants to go, you know, on a really quick run uh, for like five miles in that period of time. Another person might just honestly want to like sit down, relax, maybe go through a meditation, do yoga, do bar exercises. There's so there's such a diversity of what people are responsive to. Uh, Some people may just even want to listen to music. So I think just encouraging that as a unit, you can encourage kind of the time to be spent on health and wellness. Um, And I think it's important to realize the diversity of what that means for people.
0: Yeah, you make a good point. So adding the structure around and, around it, maybe making like making it like a weekly occurrence, at least like an hour, like on Wednesdays or something like that, where, you know, it's a set time for employees to really, you know, do their thing. So go to the gym, you know, meditate, do whatever you need to do. But, um, you know, this is like the hour, Like we make sure that everybody's taking that time off and making sure that they're getting, uh, you know, getting out off their computer for a little bit, at least.
1: Yeah. And I, I think going back to the Uh, kind of topic of this conversation, employee productivity, a lot of people initially on the surface that that seems like, okay, I'm taking an hour of people's work time. So now we're all less productive. (laughs) Um, I I would strongly encourage leaders to rethink kind of that initial gut reaction. uh, Because I've seen just directly employees really thrive and be extremely productive when they are given even just a little bit of time to focus on their health and wellness. So time wise, you may be taking, you know, an hour of their day to do that. But then the rest of the time they're working, they're so much more productive. And I, I think it's important yeah. to realize that just because we're at work doesn't mean that we're working. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's forgotten time and again.
0: <laughs> yeah, a lot of those people might be on Facebook or something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, it's it's important because uh, they'll be more efficient when they when they feel like they're mentally mentally there. Uh, you know, they got that rest that they needed. You know, heck, like even sometimes like I'll you know if I'm just in back to back like four or five hour meetings, I'm like, all right, I need a 20 minute break for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I don't like, I'll work at night or I'll, I'll work like over the weekends. Like, I don't care. You know, <laughs> like I put in like a ton of hours because it's a startup, of course, and I love what I do. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really count hours, <laughs> but not every employee is like doing that, but you know, knowing when you have to take a break, um, it could be after a huge stretch of meetings, your, your body and your mind's kind of telling you that you need a, need a moment, maybe take that. Don't be afraid to take that 10 or 20 minutes off and just kind of you know find your time to kind of reset yourself because when you get back to work you're going to be much more productive and just ready to get into it again
1: right and i, I would also uh encourage kind of the separation of time versus productivity yep. more time doesn't always equal more productivity yep. uh, <laughs> and i would argue that a lot of times if we are going into work uh, and we are ourselves not in the best place we're not fully there we're not fully healthy uh, even just conversations with maybe a very important partner or a very important teammate um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: can devolve quite a lot if if someone's coming in with a lot of um, maybe unresolved health issues, yeah. and I think it's really important to to distinguish that just because they're there doesn't mean that like that's the the best use of their time, mm-hmm. uh, and so I think focusing on our health and wellness first, I always compare. I know it's a terrible comparison, but I think it just helps providing more of a mechanical imagery behind this. Yeah. Um, I don't think any of us would want to drive a car that hasn't really been well-maintenanced. Yep. <laughs> so I, I always encourage leaders, like just as much as you care for your car maintenance and fill it up with gas and make sure that it's clean and uh, make sure that the oil's changed the same we need to do for ourselves uh, before we get on the road and drive 80 miles an hour cross country. And I Especially think- so with often,
0: those startup speeds too. <laughs>
1: exactly, so often we just jump on the highway and then all of a sudden we realize, oh no, we don't even have tires. <laughs> <And> so <Yeah. laughs> it's really important. Uh, I can't stress enough how important like that foundational health and wellness is to the workplace and to productivity because then we can really bring our best selves and, and that yeah. just creates of a healthier society and, and economy.
0: I agree. And a, another big topic of mine I always love to talk about is failure because I think there's there's a lot of negative misconceptions around it. and you know I think you know I, I'm, I'm a big advocate of changing that and I think failure is a great learning opportunity for people. Um, what are your thoughts on 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 failure and how people can learn from it and use it turn it into a positive thing? Uh, because obviously in work, I mean it's a competitive space. we're gonna fail a little bit here and there. One way or the other, every day uh, or every week or what what have you, it's it's the nature of doing business. And if you're not failing, then you're not really doing anything. <laughs> so, I'd love to hear if you had a you know a great story uh, from a, a failure and a lesson you learned from that, and you know what you would recommend for others and how they can approach uh, that concept of failure and how to turn it around into something positive.
1: Yeah, one of my favorite quotes is "You only fail if you don't learn." Yep. Um, and I think the concept of failure is really poorly. Written Sometimes it can be similar to our concepts of health, just very narrow. Um, I think failure is exciting. It's showing that you're stepping outside of your comfort zone. I failed a million times. <laughs> and uh, each time I learned something. And yeah. I think in learning something, you grow. And so in an interesting way, failure like is success in many, many yeah. cases. Almost all cases. As long as, like I said, you're learning and growing. And so I guess, I mean, Club Health is a great example where we started out as kind of like a healthy lunch, nutrition, solving world hanger.
0: Yeah. I love the pitch, though.
1: (laughs) We really evolved into like a holistic health and wellness marketplace for uh, employee wellness stipends and have done really well at that. And uh, we could have just failed at the first one and given up, but we just kind of iterated, pivoted pivoted, grew, and learned from it, and we still do that every day.
0: Yeah, I kept on talking to customers and figuring out what they really cared about and exactly. drop a feature, add a feature, then you got it there.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Nice. Right, so um, I guess what challenges did you face as, as a company early on? So you were trying to figure out, crack that nut, you kind of focused a little too narrow and you realize that there's this marketplace opportunity. Um, walk us through that a little bit if you can.
1: Yeah, I think... Um obviously there's a lot of challenges in startups and there's still challenges, of course. (laughs) I think, I think one of the biggest things that was important for us to unlock, uh, which is kind of maybe a little bit too standard, but the cliches are cliche for a reason, (laughs) Uh, but really like who our ideal customer is, who really responds to this product and not who will respond to it 10 years from now when, you know, when we have all these other features, but like who responds yeah. to the product we have today and Great how point. can we capitalize on that was such an important part of our journey and growth.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of companies try to boil the ocean. Uh, they want to, <laughs> you know, we're changing the world here. You know, everybody should care, <laughs> but it's it's a lot easier to establish a beachhead with a, a niche customer base. Then you could expand your services and offering from there to attract a larger audience. I mean, Amazon started with books, right?
1: <laughs> right, absolutely.
0: Speaking of which, my next question <laughs> is, um, <laughs> what are your favorite books that you're reading right now? And uh, what would you recommend other startup founders to read and to uh, you know, help get their companies off the ground?
1: Yeah, I so I have a couple ideas behind this. One, I'm more of an avid newsletter and book summary reader. Yep. So <laughs> I, I, have, I follow a lot of email newsletters around tech, AI, HR. And what what I would really recommend to startup founders or small business leaders is follow some like some of them are really really well done and they're daily, yep. and I can kind of keep up with uh, whole industries by following certain newsletters in our in our domain and expertise, yep. um, and so that's that's what I'd really recommend as far as like founder reading that that is uh, palatable for a lot of people and you have time for. Um, I think also book summaries, one of, one of our products on the clubhouse marketplace is actually an app that does book summaries. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I like to read that throughout my day when I have a few moments and just learn about, you know, everything from health and wellness to startup, uh, startup marketing sales, things like that. Um, as far as books, I would encourage startup founders to, yes, there's the classic, like, maybe. Five, 10 books that are always recommended to start a founder. <laughs> yeah, but, but really look at some of the niche. Talk about ones.
0: cliches. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, but I would encourage founders to really look at the niche ones that apply to their specific domain. Yeah. Uh, so I'm reading a lot about uh, actually Spotify. I'm I've really been fascinated with recently because uh, in an, in an interesting way we kind of parallel Spotify, where Spotify represents a lot of. Uh, in their case, songs. In our case, point solutions that people want to engage with. Yep. And how do you really, um, how do you really recommend and engage people in such a broad marketplace? And that's the same yep. thing that we're trying to do with health and wellness. Um, and also the fact that they're uh, platform agnostic. So you can get Spotify on your computer, you can get Spotify on your iPhone, Android, etc. Yep. Um, and so as a platform agnostic uh, health and wellness marketplace. We're also kind of learning from uh, the history and journey of Spotify becoming uh, essentially one of the biggest players in music in the music industry.
0: Great. Uh, do you ever follow Blinkist? Uh, do you guys have that app in your in your? Yeah, market?
1: I do like Blinkist. Uh, we're working on that one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, they. I mean, I'm sure you have a similar app. Um, which what what other app do you guys have?
1: So I, I I hesitate to talk about some of our products because some of it's, um, you know, kind of core to our platform and that right. we have specific partners for different things. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I would say we like we like a lot of different products and services that um, are really engaging for people. Yeah. I think that's that's one of our biggest metrics is is not like, you know, is there. All of I, I think, I think people with health and wellness sometimes forget how how important that base engagement is. So, uh, you can have the most expensive gym membership, like we were talking about earlier, but not, if you never yes. go, uh, you're yeah. not really engaging with your health and wellness. And so, yeah. making sure that the tools and services on our marketplace are kind of naturally engaging for people, and making that one of our biggest core metrics that we follow.
0: That's a great vision. Uh, so what's next for Club Health? I guess? Uh, where do you see the company in five years? I mean, you don't have to give any, uh, you know, any uh, any NDA stuff out. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what public features can we be excited about yeah. as potential customers?
1: I think what we're most excited about is, um, in a way, so lifestyle spending accounts are becoming very popular amongst businesses, and uh, we can consider ourselves as a lifestyle spending account. Our biggest differentiator uh, is that we are wellness focused specifically uh, and plan to remain that way. And so what what value that really gives us is we're following a lot of really interesting digital health and wellness companies. And kind of our dream and vision of the future is having a consolidated, consolidated place to interact with your health and wellness. That's why we're called Club Health. You're basically building your own health club. Uh, That's kind of an arrangement of tech-driven modern health and wellness services and products that are affordable, accessible, and impactful. And that's kind of the future we see Club Health as. Well,
0: I love it. I love the pitch. And uh, Daniel... um... Really thank you for your time today and I look forward to meeting you in person actually now that I'm (laughs) back in Seattle and it's actually sunny for once. (laughs) All
1: right, we did it. (laughs) I
0: tell tell everybody that Seattle just rains all the time so they don't come in the summertime and (laughs) uh, run up the real estate prices and uh, clog the road, (laughs) but it's, uh, that's a beautiful state though.
1: Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure uh, to get to know you. Uh, We love Nacho Nacho, Uh, shameless plug. We're listed on the Nacho Nacho Marketplace. Uh, so you can find us there.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, everyone, please check it out today uh, when you buy Club Health through us to get 20% cash back. Uh, Nacho Nacho is the best way to buy SaaS, as I always say. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Well, uh, I'll see you in person tomorrow and I uh, look forward to it.
1: Sounds great. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Bye. All right. Looks like